0: Hi, I'm Monica, a.k.a. Miniature Mouse. I love boys, but I don't have one. And in fact, I've never had one. I could probably count on two hands how many dates I've been on in my entire life, and I decided it's time to change that.
1: Hi, I'm Jess, and I love boys too. And in the opposite way of Monica, I can't count on all the hands in America how many people I've had sex with. And yet, I still don't have a boyfriend, and I want
2: one. And I'm Dax, and I love Monica and Jess in so many ways. They don't have partners, and that is a huge mystery to me because they're both incredibly attractive, so fun, so smart, and have so much to offer.
0: So what we decided to do is examine these unhealthy patterns and bring in experts and outsiders to help critique us, advise us, guide us, pretty much call bullshit on us so that we can find the romantic companion that we're looking for. We started this thinking it was going to be just cute little dating challenges that we would go on and talk about and laugh about.
1: Turns out it is very hard to be vulnerable in real time in public.
0: Yes! I'm so excited! You're so lying. <laughs>
1: we romanticize pathological love.
0: One to ten. How much do you want love? Go. You can't even get the sentence out. I
2: would just eat around it. It's a little selfish. Why do I want something and then why have I designed a defense?
0: We must put the chum in the water for the sharks to come, buddy. Monica's like, so apparently I have to join Raya this week? He, he likes, likes fucking. You don't even have a kiss, a handheld, anything. Your frontal
2: lobe is just in the way.
0: Push up bra, uh, low uh, cut uh, top. That's
2: what you should be doing.
0: Masturbate every night. Rob's too uncomfortable for this. Please enjoy part four, Monica and Jess Love Therapy, with Harry the Therapist. Monica don't
3: like, Monica don't like boys. Monica loves boys. Jess don't like, Jess don't like boys.
1: He loves boys. Monica and Jess, you know they don't like boys
0: they love boys okay so hi (laughs) welcome back to monica and jess love boys Mm -hmm. part four yeah we'll get into our challenges to be fair and to be open and honest the last time we recorded was a month ago yes so we've had a month to complete our last challenge and We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I um I want to introduce our guest for today. We have a very special, he's rolling his eyes, guest, the resident armchair therapist, Harry. <laughs> Harry is a therapist here in Los Angeles. You've heard of him because uh, Dax and Kristen talk about him ad nauseum and how he's changed the trajectory of their relationship. And so we commandeered Harry for this podcast so that we could get some real knowledgeable insight on all the things we've been talking about. Okay, so Jess, yeah. what was your challenge last week or last month?
1: <laughs> my challenge was to put on both of my apps that I'm only looking for a relationship. So changing all of the other th- parameters of it and to change my age parameters so I could only see thirty seven to fifty year olds.
0: Right. Ooh, so I like, this I like
1: on, both of those. Yeah. That was on Grinder and Tinder.
0: Those are from Kristen. Yeah, those are Kristen's
2: challenges. Very good. Lots of people looking for serious commitments on grinder. Um, uh, yeah. See, in my, de- in my day, we had nothing but alcoholism, so.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. We still have that. Yes. That's I, right. I know you do.
1: <laughs> and it was interesting. And uh, I told them this. I did not like the first day. I was like, this is horrible. And the second day, I was like, look at this guy. Oh, gross. third day not so bad oh this guy's cute oh he seems nice and then when you all you see is this same kind of people or the age group changing I started enjoying it I started talking to this one guy that I he has a kid a 10 year old kid and we're supposed to hang out and that was really nice uh talked to a couple other guys and then unfortunately um my dad Got very 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 sick and he passed over the Christmas oh, break. No. Yes. Yeah, so sorry. Um, I haven't had sex or dated in two months.
0: <gasps> wow. Yeah, two.
1: Yeah, it's since you know I December first ish. Everything. Yeah. So kind of. so a little one. over a month. I got that wrong.
0: <laughs> a little over. That a felt month. Felt like two months. Felt <laughs> like two that, years. Wow. For, a, for someone who loves that, it
1: felt like forever. Actually, it's only yeah. been a month. Um lots of feelings about that. I mean, really that something happened in my life and I didn't turn to that.
2: I think that's great. Yeah. I liked that. I'm sorry about the motivation, but <laughs> yes, but exactly. I'm, I'm I'm instantly curious. I mean, and it does it settle down a little bit inside the anxiety? Yes. The, yeah.
1: I felt really, you know, the last 2 weeks of his life were very rapid and I was there every single day and I showed up and I quit drinking and I held his hand and I made my family laugh and I I did errands for that. It was just very and he moaned and knew I was there and said he grabbed my hand and said I love you and all these nice things. Uh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> your focus shifted.
1: Yeah, it did. I'm glad I'm glad you were able to be there like that. Yeah they just called me 10 minutes ago to pick up his ashes too which oh, wow. i did not like that phone call yeah no. so it's all happening but i felt very complete and i felt like i showed up as much as i could and i was there and i don't have a lot of regrets at all you know he was going to be put in a home and we the day before we were going to put him in a home he died so i i'm glad he fell asleep at my stepmom's and everything was um There's a nice bow
2: to it, and if there can be one. Yeah. There can be. Yeah. There can be. Really zapping me. I've had these conversations with my daughter lately because I'm an old dad. So. Yeah. I think it's w- what you manage to do, and he managed to do as well, is just to put things out there where you're actually talking about what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of times we don't, and then it's horrific and blindsiding and devastating, and you don't get to say something or yeah. you know, mm-hmm. hear something you absolutely need to hear, yeah. and I think that's far worse. The nicest thing you've said is that you feel good about what you did. I do. Because I'm an old man, and you think about it long, long after they're gone. Yes. Whether you did or didn't show up.
1: Mm-hmm. And I yeah. almost feel too good sometimes where someone will send me a text or a picture and
2: I go, should I be feeling worse? Yeah. Am I am I suffering enough? Exactly. That, that's that's a long one. That's a whole other subject. But grief is weird that way. Yeah, very... it, It's crowded here at the center of the universe and I was here first, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we, we think there's like somebody keeping score. Right. <laughs> no. You uh, got a thermostat. Yeah. And it will kick on and kick off. And you'll find a song lyric, a conversation, and suddenly up comes this huge wave of grief. And mm-hmm. then it'll go away and you say, is there something wrong with me? Am I over this already? Right. No, you're just not going to get more than you can handle,
3: mm,
0: that's especially nice. since
2: you showed up. I love that. The fact that you feel good, You're gonna, that's going to mean more and more and more to you as time yeah. goes back. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yay. What, you
2: what about yours? Mine. My- <laughs> yeah. How was your month? <laughs> uh, so you had one month to do what?
0: I had one month. You went out
2: with 47 men. That's right. No. 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 I, <laughs> I <laughs> wish. I yeah,
0: that's Jess's dream <laughs> challenge for me. My challenge given by Kristen was to give somebody my phone number in person, which I've never done in my life. And
2: how not 2020.
0: Exactly. And I was so terrified. This was not coming easy to me. And there were a couple opportunities. We were going to go to this Christmas party. Jess and I were going to go together. And we thought, oh, there will definitely be people there that I could talk to and potentially do this. But then, of course, I canceled on that. I canceled (laughs) on other things where there were opportunities. Then I went home for the holidays and removed it off the table. I can't do it at home. So then I got back, still procrastinating. And... Yesterday, (laughs) yesterday was the deadline. And the night before I went to bed and I thought, oh, my God, I didn't do it. I did not do it. And I am not someone who is comfortable with not achieving the goal or doing what I set out to do or meeting a commitment that does not sit well with me. But I was just like, it's the last day and I didn't do it. And I went to bed. And I had four nightmares about it. I had four separate nightmares about different scenarios where I was trying to give my number away Mm -hmm. and I couldn't. And one of them... You couldn't
2: do it or it wasn't accepted or what?
0: So in the first one, I was sitting with a friend and this guy came up and he was chatting and I gave him my phone number. And then it went well, but then about 10 minutes later, he came back and he was really upset that I had given it to him. And he really had come over to talk to my friend
2: and oh he didn't want. Oh my god! he did
0: not want my phone number. That was the first dream. And then I think they spiraled from there. I don't really remember the details of the others, but along those lines of it just went badly. And so I woke up and I texted Jess and I said, oh my gosh, it's the last day. Should we go to a bar tonight? Should I try to do this? And ultimately I thought, no, it's not going to happen. Let's come up with some sort of penalty system for the fact that I didn't. Right. And then I put it out of my head. I went to get pancakes at this restaurant in our neighborhood. My waiter was this guy that I had met before at that restaurant. He used to be a host there. And we had had a conversation once before when I was just waiting and, He was very nice, very cute, and we talked about the neighborhood. He had just moved into the neighborhood. Whatever, this was months ago. And then I sit down, and he's my waiter. And I thought, oh boy, (laughs) (laughs) I think
2: this is the universe.
0: Yep, exactly. Who hates me? Correct. Correct. Exactly as I predicted. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. And so it's like I have to. And so we were chatting, and I said, hey, weren't you? Were you the host? And he said, "Yeah, yes, we've met, we've had a conversation before." And, and he was like, "Yeah, and you're from the south, and so am I." And I said, "Yeah, and you live around here, right?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "You know, if you ever want to get happy hours sometime in the neighborhood, you know, I'd like to do that." And. He was like, yes, absolutely. And I said, okay, so I'll leave you my phone number. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right down to the wire. Right down. And it wasn't that I, I mean, I was the night before, like I'm just going to have to find a random person on the street and just throw them my phone number, even though that wasn't.
2: (laughs) wasn't, I don't think that was the idea. it, It wasn't
0: the idea or the rule actually. But so, yeah, and so it sort of happened also in a way that, was good it was a cute person that i had talked to before that i already was like oh that's a person that's interesting probably not going to humiliate me exactly so so i did it it was i felt so proud of myself After i was so
1: proud of you i was at work and i was like smiling for two hours (laughs) this must feel really good for her
0: yes it was so interesting i had so many thoughts on it immediately it felt So good, having nothing to do with him.
2: Oh, is that profound? Yes.
0: Yeah. And nothing to do with the fact that would he text me? Would he not? That wasn't even in my realm of consideration. It was just that, oh, wow, I just did something that I thought I could truly not do. And I did it. And it was just jumping this hurdle that felt really, really good yeah, it's just not about the other
2: person, No, what's is profound it? there is, no, it's not. It's really about us. It's all, uh, yeah. That's, you know, unless I feel somehow useful, I don't know how to show up and be there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? And your dream is fascinating to me. Why'd you give me this? I mean, what the fuck? What? Ooh. I know. But that's about you on some deep level.
0: Oh, for sure. And talking
2: to yourself, saying it, you know, no one's going to want to. You're wrong, by the way. Yeah. I mean, Having yeah. to be very heterosexual. And
0: thank problem. you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank Jesus, you. I'm
2: sitting
0: right here. <laughs> <laughs> in the dream, specifically the part about I came here to see your friend. Yes. Is, I mean, I've lived that. I have lived that m- multiple times growing up, I felt. And so that is just ingrained in me that if we're in a group situation I'm not going to be the shiny person or I'm not going to be the person that when they come up, they want to talk to. I, I've just always felt that. And of course it came up in this dream when I'm on this deadline to do this thing, um, which I hadn't thought about that aspect in a long time. And actually it came up maybe a year ago, probably right around a year ago, I was at a birthday party with Kristen and another friend and, you know, you know. Girls and and guys, but you'll do this before you go to a party where you you like d- decide you put goals on it like we're gonna meet our boyfriend tonight oh, or God. we're gonna you know like
2: <laughs> yes you do yes I know now
0: <laughs> we do this thing where you're getting ready and you're getting all hyped up and it's like oh tonight's the night where you're gonna hook up or have fun or I don't know there's like this layer that gets put on it that De- becomes expectation an expectation yeah. and I just over time, I've gotten a little allergic to that because every time (laughs) I go in with that expectation, it never gets fulfilled. And so that was happening in this circumstance. And um, because we were like, well, who's going to be there? Are there going to be any guys there, like new people? And then Kristen was like, oh, well, there is this one guy and he's really great. And, And my other friend is single as well. So we go there and then Kristen is talking to him and then she comes back and is like, okay, so and it becomes this whole charade of like who's gonna go talk to him, who's gonna yeah. end up with this person? And I And he's
2: clueless. Of and he's clueless yeah. to the yeah. whole thing. Of yes. Of course.
0: And I am immediately just so and so quickly bowed out and thought, I'm I'm done with this. I'm not getting involved in this. This makes me feel lower than Ever that it's me up against another person
2: in competition. You're a good friend.
0: Am I a good friend? Right. And then not getting chosen, like not feeling chosen is really hard for me.
2: And the dream, the dream has a, a sense of being rejected. Definitely. Like, well, why did you even, you know, think? I mean triangulation like that is often rooted in childhood. Like Hopefully. really early parents, siblings, yeah, things that happen that give you the idea that you're the odd man out or the different person or you don't fit or yeah. you don't belong or, you know.
0: Well, I felt that growing up just being Indian in Georgia, but maybe it was even before that. I don't know. It could have been family stuff, but because I feel like my therapist has also dug a little bit in that realm well, of,
3: of course hell she has. Yes. she I wouldn't mean,
0: be a good therapist if she didn't yeah. <laughs> but i don't know that we found any fruit there as far as or maybe we just didn't get far enough but the relationship with them and where maybe some of that st- stems from
2: get oh. her get her <laughs> oh. get her <laughs> yeah but, no the first the first instinct uh, is, is kind of a little bit of an electra thing possibly that I don't think my daughter and I are like this and I don't think she'll mind, but yeah. um, there's that level of closeness. But then when you're really close, you know, to the parent and then you gradually realize you can't have them, that mm. they're not, whether it's edible or Electra or whatever, it's the sense of really having a terrible crush kind of on a parent. It's, there's nothing oh, sexual about that. Ooh. There's nothing sexual about it, but you, you remember when daddy's, that daddy's face itched, that he smelled right. different. You remember waiting for him to come home. When you're three or four or five, your daddy's girl, and you come running across the carpet, so happy, yeah. and so on. And then you sort of realize, yeah, but these people have their relationship and the adult world, and I don't fit. And it can be a little crushing mm. sometimes.
0: Interesting.
2: It's actually a pretty common, you know, the edible thing for boys, but yeah. it, it's a pretty common thing to talk about. And it's been, Freud was wrong about so much, we forget he was right about a few things. Right,
0: and right. And that
2: one is, is, it pops up a lot. That's and interesting. The dream kind of says, what makes you think? Take this back. Right. And that just hits that nerve for me. I'm like, hmm.
0: Interesting. Well, that's funny because there are a lot of the things you just said that are true. I mean, I definitely have specific memories of being excited for That's called being them. a
2: little girl. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I wasn't one, but I've known a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's a, a an infatuation. I mean it's it's, yeah. it's 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 where you begin to really get that sense of of being enthralled with someone else.
0: Well, that is incredibly fascinating because I I mean, I'm 100% for sure someone who fantasizes has infatuations and wants things I can't have like times a billion. So, we're getting there. That's but I never <laughs> ever would have thought that because I'm fairly close with my parents, but I'm—I never was someone who was super, super close. You were uh, three. You I was were about five. To say, how do I Come say? On. How can I say never? No. Yeah.
2: I think that part of our lives is 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 tr- almost traumatic. I think a lot of people have a kind of PTSD about early childhood—the yeah. intensity of your tantrums, of your losses, yeah. of your broken heart, of losing things and pets—and there's some stuff that's just we don't know how to process it. And we start smothering it with whatever the world tells us we're supposed to be. Yeah. And then when we get in relationships or really want somebody or want to have one, that piece of us comes back, that desperately yeah. needy, confused, hurt kid. And the adult me would never know what to do with that. So I'd get out to scotch. Right. right? But it, it, it just is like, what is this craziness? What is this? Why, why can't I just say, let's go to a movie? You know, why is everything so excruciating? And a lot of it is because we're remembering or superimposing. And so you might say, you know, that dream is almost a part of you saying, hey, you've already decided.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: But I love what you said, that you got that sense of I did this because mm-hmm. it wasn't about him. That's fine. Maybe you'll go out with this guy and it'll be great and that's fine. Yeah. But this was about overcoming those old tapes that yeah. aren't accurate. Yeah. Were they accurate when you were five? Yes, you can't have your mom or your dad.
0: Right, right.
2: There might be a sibling that that your parents favor in some ways over you, and you have to adjust to the fact that that's true. Right. But in this instance, you overcame a bunch of old tapes that aren't relevant, and you felt it. Yeah. That's very cool. And I think you did that, too, <laughs> with your dad. I think you overcame yeah. something old there. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. Have you, in Monica's
1: reference, this is my question, have you heard of... I don't know, a sexual or relationship anorexia kind of yes, thing where sure. you stay away from something for
2: that long, for yeah. 15, 20 years? It is called sexual anorexia, yeah. Really? Yeah.
0: Hey. And are there tropes behind that?
2: Yeah, there are lots of reasons, but there's, sometimes there's abuse issues or, or right. misinformation, and sometimes there's uh, stumbling across pornography when you weren't old enough to understand why it would be on the oh, under, under my grandfather's sink
0: interesting you know
2: and and that can make you inconsistent with with pursuing sex so people get almost promiscuous and then kind of anorexic Mm -hmm. or one or the Mm. other Um, as opposed to just oh this is cool this is a safe scenario for me to open myself up and have a sexual relationship yeah let's be honest how many people do you know that do that easily you know a lot of people who tell themselves they're doing it easily
0: exactly but if
2: you've had 370 partners in the last Year or something it might be a little excessive. Yeah. And if you haven't been on a date in a while, why? And it's very rarely, like you say, it's not the other person. It's
0: never the it's other person. It's not even
2: 2020. It's we're carrying ghosts around. We carry our history.
1: I might have asked you this, but do you ever think you weren't dating or having sex because you just weren't good at it and you really love doing things you're good at?
0: I think you have asked me that. I mean, I, yes and no. Yes. At the, when I was younger and I liked, boys and I, there there wasn't a reciprocation because of x y or z i was like well these things are out of my control i can't do anything about this so i can't put energy here because this doesn't bear any fruit so i'm gonna have to put energy in other areas right. which is interesting because we we just had ronan farrow on armchair and he had brought up the best boy in the world syndrome yes this phenomenon that that gay boys often fall into where they have to be perfect in all the realms of their life and they have to get straight a's and they have to be hot and you know their bodies have to be perfect they have to, all the things they can control yes. they do yeah because there's this huge element that they can't control and I totally can connect with that as well.
2: I think women have gone through a version of that for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So much of it feels like it's out of your hands and you're letting other people make the decisions about you and whether you're worthy or valuable or attractive Mm -hmm. or any of that. And so when the answer you feel like you're getting is no to all those, just out of self-preservation, you take a left turn and say, okay, so I'm not valuable there. But I am valuable here, I'm valuable at work, and I'm val- you know. Right. And so mm-hmm. I will put my energy there. I mean, I think that is part of what...
2: Yeah, and I, want, I wonder if being sort of externally referenced isn't the problem, that um, whether someone else is interested in us dictates whether we're worthwhile. I mean, even Buddha, in, in his own way, was saying there's no outside answer to an inside problem. Mm-hmm. And, and we do. I mean, we seek the immediate fix, the pills, the drugs, the sex, the entertainment, the, you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a mistake a lot of us make where <laughs> we let other people dictate our self, self-worth.
2: self I think little kids have almost no choice. Yeah. They just don't. I mean, it's the way it is. Somewhere along the way, we're supposed to start figuring out that what we think of ourselves is more important. I mean, I care what people think of me. I just care what I think of me more. And if you make me choose, I'm going yeah. to try to do what I'm okay with.
1: She doesn't have a lot of that though. Like you you might have. We all have I don't have think it. you have
2: as much as you think. Uh, I agree just in knowing you right. a great time. Predis- it's not you may feel like that. Yeah. But you're pretty spot on. Yeah.
0: Oh, I totally You
2: got am. brass ovaries, girl. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do.
0: But in again in the realms where I feel confident, you, sure. you well, all see me in those spaces. Like you see me in all the spaces where I do know my worth. I've tested it and I've You know, Mm -hmm. I know the boundaries of it. So you see that, but you don't see me out trying to, you know, give someone my phone number.
2: Which which would be testing it. Three to
1: five guys or six or seven guys that you've gone out with are all handsome and they've all been interested in you. And you just kind of are flippant about it, you know, because what they think about you isn't going to change the way you think, which I think is admirable. When I have you know a good looking guy or someone yeah. that is interested in me. I definitely like, well, I don't I don't really see it but I'm going to give it a chance. And like <laughs> I'm just like, oh, what do you need? What do you need? you know, yeah. I just definitely bend over backwards a little bit. Like I joke that like if I date a vegan you know, that I eat quinoa. And if I date an outdoorsy guy, I camp. And if I date a black guy, I get pulled over. <laughs> you know, It's like my thing. I'm like, well, how do you like your eggs? What? He's like, what do you want to order? I'm like, what do you want me to want to order? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, so you don't have that at all, which I, I definitely have. That. have. I'm, I'm dating you guys 13 and 14 years younger, and I'm paying for things. I'm like, I don't have that kind of money. I want this approval. That is addictive.
0: Yes, and I think you do a version of that which is the person that's on your sh- arm you think is a reflection of you yes so probably y- you need that person to be – like if it's a really handsome person but you're not super interested, for you there's still points in the fact that he's handsome right. because I'll you grow think to like
2: his personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. His absence of character yeah. is weirdly charming. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Satan. Cool. Never, I, know, I don't know a lot about Satan, but I'll look it into. <laughs> I never liked animals anyway.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, but you. I think it's because you think – your proximity yes. to them
2: yes. Elevates but, yeah. you But you're describing something that's kind of That oxytocin hit That sort of yeah, bonding hormone and testosterone hit And it's yeah. really addicting And yeah. that crush is just That yeah. never goes away Even when you're old enough and smart enough yeah. to not act on it it's, uh, That that vibe is just amazing Yeah When you meet somebody and there's a little sparkle
0: Butterflies yeah.
2: yeah. And I talk about that too And, and it's and very addicting Yeah, I know now though that that's not what I'm going for. But I just want a little bit of it. Uh, somebody once said that immature love is I love how you make me feel.
0: <laughs> Which is funny because in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's right. But that's not right. Mm-hmm. That's not what we should be but seeking, right? You don't sound like you know high don't. You don't let don't.
2: yourself get high on it.
0: Well, I don't get to that point. No. You're right. I don't let myself really get there. I mean, I, think I did. I did at some point. But again, like I said, I had a couple instances in life when... I had all of that. It was not reciprocated. And then that feeling was so crushing
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, so powerful that at some point my body got conditioned to just not do it.
2: Uh, your body is not conditioned. Your head my is. brain is yeah.
0: conditioned. Is probably more like.
2: Not to risk it. So you go to the fantasies you can control.
0: 100%. Yeah.
2: It's, that's why the porn shops exist for guys and yeah. and stuff too. The number one best-selling books in America are women's romance novels. So that's, that's what I yeah. call female porn. Yeah. Outlander, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. I definitely had
1: Best Little Boy Syndrome, whatever that – Best boy in the Mm world. Oh my God! I knew my whole life that I was different. I was adapting on double time Mm -hmm. against my straight counterparts. I always felt fifteen years behind all my straight friends. I made sure I was good at basketball. I made sure I was funny. I made sure that I made you know I could sing. I made sure that they were not looking at this thing that I knew was there for so long and that gets exhausting and that leads to like addiction and, and drinking and over sexualization. And I remember I was at the groundlings for seven years with, I was verbally gay, but I didn't have don't think, think about it. Cause, Cause I was at the groundlings. I was doing this thing. Soon as I got cut, I cried for three months Right, and I got a perfect body and I tried steroids and I started having sex <laughs> and I, and I was like, oh, I'm not good enough to be mm-hmm. an actor. I'm not funny enough. Let's,
2: sit on a dick
1: <laughs> i'm joking but, it, but you're i not.
2: did man it, there's a there's a sense of control but not yeah. just validation there's a sense of control yes
1: also girls it's not safe for them to do that i'm a six no, five 225 is not. pound no guy. it is it
2: is most definitely not right you know
1: i am surprised of how many hookups i've had going into strangers houses and them coming to my house thousands and not, not one I has know. ever been um dangerous. dangerous or scary or anything the the most dangerous thing is you get to their house and they're not who they are, say they are and they block you or whatever right and i wasted
2: the gas
0: <laughs> that gas money
2: very easy to control very impersonal you both have control issues yeah. that you <laughs> manifest in different yeah. ways, and you're both extremely smart, so you can bullshit yourself. But I loved having a boyfriend, though. I, re- I yes, loved you. It. Are you have such a softness. That's the most appealing part of you.
1: I you loved know? it, and I you felt did. like I was. I didn't have to always care about myself, and I just...
2: Oh, I was God, really, that's so boring. I
1: was romantic, and I, and I never cheated. I love monogamy and all these things. I mean, I've only had three boyfriends, but I act out, whether it's drinking or, or lots of sex because I'm just like restless. I only work
0: 18 hours a week. <laughs> Which I actually do think is a real factor. <laughs> yeah, time, time, time. Yeah, like, well, honestly, because when you think about your dad, that took up time. Yes, yes. It took up time and space and energy. It connected
2: you to something outside of yourself in a meaningful way, not in a masturbatory way. And there's a difference. Oh, man, yeah. it was the first time, I texted Dax. I go, this is the first time in my
1: life that I felt this is what healthy self-esteem feels like.
0: Wow. He
1: goes, yeah, it's not a rail of cocaine, but it's like a nice big spinach salad, Jess. And it was true. It was like, you know, when you eat a big spinach salad, it's like, <laughs> that was filling, but where's that high? And I didn't have it. But I left every every time I, le- I would be at his house for 10 hours, and I'd come home, and I'd like, there's This, l- there's this little voice, it's a quiet voice, it's not this high. I just said, You did a good job today, and it was, oh, I don't want to
2: cry, but it was like so good. It was nice. felt really good. You, know. you approved of you, you approved of yeah. you, yes. You didn't true. go outside to get us to do it, and, and I know that little voice, it's been keeping me alive for a long time and sober 34 years. Wow,
0: yeah, yeah, that's so powerful, that's so true. Yeah, you approved of. You and in most cases you rely on somebody else to approve yes. of you. That's
2: I like that, that the way you describe that. And it, it just it's a quiet sense of knowing. this is the way it should. Be. Yeah and it's not as loud as the temptations. No and it's it, being sober a long time doesn't change that. I'm still right. crazy. Right. Um, it, it's not as loud, but it's meaningful and constant and it just yeah. kind of puts you back on track.
0: We are supported by policy genius. If there's one thing humans aren't great at, it's predicting the future. Just take a look around. No amount of crystal balls, fortune cookies, or tea leaves could predict the world we're living in right now. But unpredictability is also what keeps life interesting. The trick is to enjoy the ride without worrying about what's around the corner. And one way to worry less is to protect the things you've worked so hard for, like your home, which means you need home insurance, which means you should try policy genius. First, head to PolicyGenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then PolicyGenius will compare your policy against options from top insurers to make sure you're getting the right home insurance coverage at the best possible price. They've saved their customers an average of $690 per year doing that. If PolicyGenius finds you a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll do all the work to get you switched. Own a car too? Policy Genius will compare your home and auto policies across different insurers and even mix and match to find you savings. So if you haven't found a play-by-play breakdown of your future inside a crystal ball or a cookie, that's okay. Protect the things you've worked hard for and get home insurance with Policy Genius. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. Policy Genius will always get the future wrong, better get home insurance right. We are supported by FrameBridge. I love FrameBridge. I've been using FrameBridge for years. I've been gifting FrameBridge. Have I given you a gift of FrameBridge? Not yet. Not yet. You'll get one. You'll get one. You can customize. They have so many good options. It's so high quality. I got Kristen and Dax a huge huge picture of them at the sand dunes framed that they have hanging in their house and I love it and now that I'm moving into my own house Mm. I gotta fill up those walls Yeah, I'm using... Framebridge. It's also super affordable and they have the best customer service of pretty much any company I've ever used. They're so on top of it. So you just go to framebridge.com, upload your photo. They'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. You preview your item online in lots of different frame styles. You choose your favorite, you get recommendations. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Framing is expensive. It can really break the bank. But FrameBridge prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners would get 15% off their first order at FrameBridge.com when they use my code BOYS. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to FrameBridge.com and use promo code BOYS to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to FrameBridge.com promo code BOYS. FrameBridge.com promo code BOYS. <music>
1: I had one the other day, actually, a small, faint, this woman keeps coming up to me at my restaurant and wants me to write with her, and I'm just like, no, I'm not, (laughs) and then she's been compounding me, and she has this pilot she wants me to help her with, it's about a restaurant, and I won't tell too much about it, but she wanted my input on it, and she won't let up, Because I've been so healthy lately through my dad, I haven't been drinking and all this stuff. I have a clearer head. And this little voice said, I think you should do this. I think this is the year that you do something that you've never done
2: before. There's such a quiet voice. It's actually called the still small voice, quite spiritual. It
1: might have been your little voice to say I should make. Do this podcast or something when you're
0: like, yeah.
2: you should give this a try. It's
0: my small, tiny voice. You're right it's, it's a, a little nasally voice. It's a mouse mouse voice. voice.
2: <laughs> do you guys so, know Joseph Campbell's work at all?
0: Not well enough. It's, I
2: know. Uh, uh, I mean, you all—you don't. I mean, the books are really dense, but yeah. But the just the old Bill Moyers thing on PBS is still brilliant, even though it's cheesy. It's from 1984. It holds up great, and he just talks about myth and fairy tales and folk tales and religions and how they actually tell emotional truths about us. And he talks about the call of the hero that you just get this little quiet voice that says, Hey, come over here into the woods in the myth, right? Or Mm -hmm, the fairy tale. mm -hmm. And the guy says, no, I can't. Everybody says no one ever should go from the village into the woods. And yeah, but you're different. Come on. And the hero does it. And then suddenly there's this huge, terrifying adventure with monsters and witches and whatever. Mm. And he emerges with a wisdom or an idea or something to bring back. Uh because he's been changed. Prometheus steals the fire and comes back. And that's what James Joyce, I think, called the monomyth. And these things are cool because they're about us. When you get that little push, the Irish call it the wind at your back, but when you get that little push and you go, I think I'll try a novel, I think I'll do this, I think I'll do that, and your whole life changes. How many times do we ignore that little push? Yeah. I think we do. I think a lot. Yeah. Definitely. And not even all of us listen. A lot of us will never even hear it. But I'm, I've come to believe, and I'm, you know, I'm 71, I've come to believe we've all got it. It's yeah. just that we miss it. He called it refusing the call, and he says, you're only going to get a couple times where it's loud right. enough. A friend of mine used to say the most powerful prayer in the world, and I'm not particularly religious, but the most powerful prayer in the world is, what do you want me to do? And then stop thinking. Go out and water your garden do something else. Otherwise, we're on somebody else's journey. We're in somebody else's novel. We're in somebody else's movie. You know, Someone else is telling us if we did okay. Mm-hmm. that's the really two two or three really powerful things about your dad. But that thing that says, no, you know, I, I, I like what I'm doing here. And that's giving birth to this idea of maybe I'll try this or maybe I'll try that. That's very cool. Yeah. Or what you're saying, that little sense of victory that yeah. I overcame that fear yeah. to go ahead and do this. And it's fine. We're giving our power away all the time and don't even know it.
0: And I guess how can we train ourselves to hear... That voice, or not even for us, but for the audience, you know? I think so many people put that voice away or don't know how to hear it or don't know.
2: We may get to start getting talked out of that childhood when we get civilized. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's what meditation is for, and I'm not 100% that, but creativity, musicianship, yeah. writing poetry, reading poetry, yeah, um, and being creative. i have
1: really lately thinking about... About me being gay, I I think about it a lot, which I never really did in my 20s and 30s, was way more not talking about it. I'm this and that, and I don't, this is a small part of me. This is not a big part of me. And lately, like my whole family, like maybe, what, 35 people, everyone is married and have kids, and I'm the only person. I'm trying to figure out at 43, what is me? And what is this thing I put up? to be okay this kind of shield I oh put i up. love
2: that question yes
1: you know what part is jess to his core and yes. what part is this like this magical shiny thing that i put up my whole life since i've been eight years old to make people like me
2: if it's to make people like you it's not you
1: yeah and now i'm trying to keep things i like and i'm trying to be authentic and i'm like but i don't want not want to be funny but i also want to be transparent but and dex says this all the time he thought certain things that. They loved about him No No one gives a fuck That you drive good And that you can <laughs> Yeah That you can beat people up And I'm trying to think That maybe the things People like about me Is that, I'm, that I'm Not because I'm provocative And I'm Sexual And all these things That I thought were like
0: You made them your identity yes,
1: I'm trying to Figure out what part was it was an act? I took the landmark forum many, many, many years ago, and there's an act that we come up with when we're young, and I, I'm trying to separate them, and it's really an interesting um, exercise to see yeah. what part is like truly me, or genetics, or this or that, an upbringing, and great and one part is like you don't have to do that anymore jess i think that's middle age i think
2: i I, you know i don't really want to be 20 again i was batshit crazy yeah i really don't i'd want to be 33 again though i don't want i was still crazy (laughs) somewhere around 38 to 40 yeah i I thought i get this i get it somewhere i got sober at 36 and somewhere in that ballpark something snapped in yeah that that's not authentic this is that's not this is just that awareness of of which way you want to go in the maze yeah. And I, I read something. Uh, Carl Rogers was a psychologist that was big in the early 60s. He was kind of one of the, the dads of the humanistic existential theory and stuff, and being present in the room with people to be a good therapist. And he said, We are in the process of becoming a person. And I, I, I yeah. Yeah. Right. There's no finish line. Yeah. This is just an ongoing process. And, you know, we assume it's over when I check out, but we don't even know that. Yeah. He also said about relationships. That the most—I uh, par- I hope I don't screw this up too bad. The most powerful thing in the world is to give someone everything they need to destroy you, and they do not choose to use it. Ooh! I dropped the book. I mean, just literally—it wow. was like an electric shock. It's like it's- I just
0: got chills. Oh, that! Is
2: <laughs> so- I made me think of your NDA.
1: that you you did or didn't sign.
0: There's an ongoing debate of whether or not I've signed an NDA with Dax and Kristen. I think no, and he he thinks I don't
2: think they have one.
0: Exactly, exactly. I think there was an idea that never got executed, but um, that's for another
2: one. I I think when we look at relationships, and now we're completely on the ground of personal opinion, but we forget that you're pursuing someone with whom you can be that vulnerable Right. And they go, okay, that's okay. We've
1: both been turned off by people that are
2: vulnerable too soon. Well, needy.
0: Okay, not vulnerable. vulnerable there's is, a difference. There's yeah, a difference.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're it's right, a hard difference right. to find. Yeah. But when, like, when you talk about that voice where you're, you're tending to your dad or, or, or the way you've been after and you go, I, I like this. I think right. I'm, uh, the word I used when I finally plugged in was I think I respect myself. I've never understood how to love myself. I don't get that. And with my history, that's not surprising. But, but yeah, not bad, man. Yeah. That's a good feeling to have. And when you're looking at the last act, I like that. not bad. But if it's someone uh, checking out tomorrow, I would still have to say not bad.
0: And Harry, what do you think the line is between needy and vulnerable?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. It's
0: very tough. But I think we everyone struggles with that because especially in these relationships at the beginning or even on these dates and stuff, you do feel like you have to put on a, a thing Because you don't want to seem too needy, you want to seem independent, you know. But ultimately, the goal is is to
2: to get to if you can't get to some level of vulnerability, then you don't want to stay with. You You should be auditioning me, not me. I'd really be a letdown. But (laughs) you, you need to be auditioning the other guy, and you need to be. Is this a person? So I put it's poker. I put down a card, and I wait and see what you put down. And I we match. And if if you dump your whole life story on the first or second date, you just screwed the whole thing up. Right. Right? The whole goal is that we gradually learn, yes, you really are stable. You're reliable. You show up when you say you will. You're not popping four Vicodin when we're going to a wedding. You know? There's there's a sense, and then you kind of go, All right, I think I can trust you with this about me. And when you do that, and the other person goes, so? Sometimes if I see people that have burned out several therapists or can't trust anybody because they're celebrities or whatever, I'll say, before you leave, tell me one secret you've never told anyone. Mm-hmm. Ever. People will almost always do it. And mm-hmm. something changes. Because what they get back from me is It's yeah, okay. Oh, well, I've heard that before. Right. Or, or let me tell you one of mine. You know, right. it's the fifth step in the twelve-step programs. And you you tell your your whole history to somebody and he just came right back with something that was on that was just as off the wall Mm -hmm. and you go what am I doing it's confession in a sense but the other person has to literally be someone you trust and they don't choose to use it against you at all yeah and that's both what we're seeking and what we're terrified of
3: Mm -hmm. so we'd
2: rather sabotage our relationships sexualize them not have them than run the risk of what you described which is i started to open up to that level gave my power away and got shut down yeah we all do yeah but i'm the center of the universe that hurts yeah when it happens to me (laughs) (laughs) i don't care about you not right now
1: But, but when though like that's is that when you're together is that six months is that boyfriend girlfriend is that boyfriends all
2: i can tell you is when i see people swiping on tinder where you are evaluating whether you want to screw somebody you have just wrecked the entire idea Mm. that has nothing to do with it it has even my grandma from nevada used to say the candle that burns the hottest burns out the quickest if you're really hot for somebody this ain't going anywhere
3: oh
0: yeah. yeah and
2: the other one i use is if you feel like you've known her forever you probably have what does that mean it oh. means i married my mother the first time
0: oh, oh. Interesting. and about
2: six years in sobered up and went oh christ what have i done oh
0: wow that's very interesting the
2: guy that withheld from you i'd be very interested in, in knowing how much like your father he might have been inside maybe maybe just maybe
0: maybe just maybe <laughs>
2: You look a little stricken. Yeah. On some level, I would have punched you if you said I was marrying my mother. But it was a a kind of narcissistic woman from another country. And and I was head over heels, gave my power away. And then when I sobered up, I thought, what? What? My God, what am I doing? I'm chasing somebody who's just constitutionally not able to be there. And that's why I picked her. Right. we we picked these people and i'm going back to the three relationships you said you had that didn't really last. By the way, most people have a few that don't last. We just it's another one we hate to face. It's a yeah. fact. Right? But were any of those people the same pattern? The first one was my first
1: boyfriend of all and he was 13 years younger and he and he we felt i felt like he had come out when he was 11 and he was like 19 or something. It was really this thing that i felt like i was 15 years old and writing so in a sense
2: he was almost more okay with it
1: yes okay so we you know i flowers and go to dates it was like my first time at at 35 years old feeling
2: that Mm -hmm. second one how long did that last three months that's limerence That's, I love how you make me feel. It's not a bad thing. It's the best drug in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the best high and I've done them all. Second, But but it's not going to last more than two or three months on the low side and and tops 18 months to two years on the high side. It's usually a few months. And so people in high school and in their 20s will date somebody for two or three months. And when the limits wears off, they go, you changed or they cheat or they do something stupid instead of looking to develop
1: this. I just got sweats right now because I was embarrassed that it lasts three months. Yeah. I know it's such a weird feeling, Oh, but uh, yeah, but it was my first ever boyfriend at 35. So I felt, I felt shame. I felt like, and he was 18 and I but was 35. I like, that, I like
2: that he was more okay. Yeah. And he so had it been out. Sort of normalized it for you, which I, know, I think is kind did. of sweet. I and don't he, mean to knock that, but to, to realize that when that limerence begins to wear off, we go looking for someone else to give it to us. Most men will, generally, sexualize it more, gay or straight, than women do. Women romanticize it more. He cheated on me and and it was over and it was... It's devastating. But we haven't taken the time to be vulnerable to the person that we can trust like that. We jumped in to do it. And it's so tempting because it feels so good. Right.
0: So if we're not looking for the way someone makes you feel, what's the antidote to the way they make me feel?
2: Respect. This person is a great person. Terrific way to start. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying this saying I have the perfect marriage, but we've been together 30 years and we do pretty well with this stuff. Yeah. Um, she puts up with a lot of crap. I'm batshit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's easy for me to recognize that she's a bitch. It's not so easy for me to recognize that I'm difficult. Of course. But both of us are good at doing that and respecting i should look at my part of this and so i did exactly that this is someone i really like intelligent interested in a lot of the same things i respect and i'm going to see where this goes and as the weeks and months go by open up more open up more open up more and she's put up with a lot of crap but we're still here what i kind of want to know is like that first six month rules and like things that like three. oh you want some <laughs> rules no not rules <laughs> month, <laughs> okay so rules. Three like month some rules things. uncle harry rule you don't sleep with somebody for at least five weeks or so really you go out no more than maybe three times a week you don't hang on the phone for seven hours a night and say i feel like i've known you forever because that means you have and you let it develop slowly so that you can be the one to say, I don't think this is right for me, as opposed to wait around to see what they think of you, Yeah. Mm, whether you're going to be judged, whether he's not going to take your number or he's going to be mad that you gave it. Yeah. You evaluate me. You, you watch and let the relationship, the friendship develop to kind of see. The other piece, the flirtation, the sexuality, the touching somebody, I recommend putting that off. But there's nothing wrong with going out with somebody once or twice and saying, I just think you're amazing. I think you're really attractive and really interesting. And I'm hoping that we can make this work. So you're off the hook. But you're actually in a way more vulnerable. You told the truth instead of try to find out if you want to have sex. Mm. Sex mm-hmm. actually screws us up for being yeah. objective and human.
0: Yeah, and definitely escalates that infatuation Completely. factor. Completely,
2: no more logic. You're yeah. drunk. You're drunk. Yeah. You're drunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think That's, I like I, that rule. I kind of like it's, that uh, rule Yeah, too. you would
2: like that rule. Yeah. But it, but, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> bingo. Yeah. but but it's actually a really good idea. But the answer to that question is the still small voice. It's that little thing in you that says, I feel really good about how I did that. Yeah. As opposed to, did he like me? Does she want to have sex with me? What's yeah. No, it should be. Yeah, that, that was a really nice conversation. That's a really smart person. So yes, I respect myself for how I dealt with it. And the person I'm talking to, I want to see them again. My only relationship that actually went as far as it did was I didn't have
1: sex for six or seven dates, which was... Unheard of, mm-hmm. you know. And I how was, long did
2: that? How long did that one last? A year, okay. oh, fifteen months. But you know something? When you're you start it late, as it were, right? Right. Um, but when you're first dating, that's that's really normal. Right. Uh, people were, in high school, you see, they've been going out all senior year. Was that rare couple, which is like five so, months? Yeah,
0: right. yeah. that yeah. seemed like forever.
2: Yeah. People would go out, sleep together, two, three weeks later, you drop them, cheat on them, find somebody else. It's just chaos. Right. So and then in your 20s, so they, they have relationships. They try to make them last a year, 18 months, two years, breaks up again. Yeah. And then by the end of our 20s, we're usually so sick of that mm. that we start trying a, a trial marriage or a first marriage or some kind of commitment. But we still don't really realize what we're committing to. We're just saying, I won't see other people. Yeah. But you're committing to growth, trying to help each other grow, challenge each other. Yes. And Kristen and Dax do that very, very well.
0: Yeah. They
2: challenge each other all the time. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be that, you know. Yeah, they're but <laughs> really annoying. They're so annoying. Well, they,
0: yeah, but they they fight all the time, and yeah. they, you know, it's not they're not perfect in the sense that everything's going great. They're perfect in the sense that everything's not going great and they communicate.
2: Yeah, and if you have two uh, you know adult human beings that are strong and have their own lives, they're going to clash.
0: Exactly. And
2: you're going to have a pattern that I always kind of draw like the the sign for the universe, you know, the endless because it's yeah. really not one person's fault or the other's. It just happens when you try to bring the ends of the magnets together and they won't quite close because it's the wrong ends. Yeah. And so that force pops up and keeps pushing you apart and you have to come back and take another try at putting it back together. And that's what the struggling is about. It's about looking for an end to whatever that conflict is. But what you generally find uh, is that it's almost the same conflict over and over and over. Yeah. When you watch it from the outside, that's clear as a bell. It's harder to see it in your relationship. But when you go to have one, you want to realize we're in this because we're rubbing each other wrong, because it's producing growth, because it's making me mature, because it's activating that voice in my mind that says, I feel really good about how I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's why you're with this person, because he or she is doing the same thing. And that works. That lasts. The other stuff, no. It yeah. We all know intellectually that it doesn't when you get to be my age you know right what are some more <laughs> rules well yeah. not not having sex for 5 weeks or so not opening up too quickly
3: mm-hmm.
2: letting somebody know you're attracted and interested in them because nobody deserves to be twisting in the wind of their own neurosis mm-hmm. about whether it's okay but that's not the same as hey you want to get it on i just had a fantasy about you mm-hmm. that's right. just stupid the second we we sexualize it to that degree we're going to scare you yep and we're gonna make you go all right never mind i don't need a self Mm. well that's i just did
1: this i'm not going to mention any names but this guy pushed the date to two hours three hours came back to my house i said i I told him up front i didn't want to have sex and we ended up having sex i never saw him again on my account i did i want to slow this down i already done that i've done that a lot but i think i hurt his feelings i don't like this i don't want to see him again and he's still calling me and texting me and i why should why should you feel bad that he would not respect your boundaries Exactly. I don't think he heard. Well, he heard what he wanted to hear. But I made ver- I made two or
2: three attempts to end that date. But what if it had been something that says, "No, all right, I get that. I can respect that." Most young guys, straight guys, right, would respect you more for saying yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not less.
2: And anybody who genuinely cares about you yeah. will be mildly disappointed, but completely understand. Eight months into my last relationship, he said,
1: do you remember our f- fourth or fifth date we were making out and we were going to have sex and you left? He's like, no one's ever done that before. And it was like, I know it's still a kind of a game kind of, I didn't know if it was a game or not. I have f- uh, The real truth to this story is that I wasn't, Uh, prepared for sex but they (laughs) took it no one's ever done that before and it's such a small thing but it was like i if i did that more on a global level or more because i
2: believed in it rather than play a game you know it's just i would like this to work and this is is actually the best chance is yes you're attractive yes Yes, you find me attractive that's fun but let's not screw this thing up yeah
0: yeah slow burn
2: yeah Yeah, because if it burns hot, it burns out. Yeah. It's true. Because mature love is I have decided to love who you are. Yeah. Now, here's a big shocker. Sometimes loving who you are means I can't have you. Sometimes. Oof. You're married to somebody else. It's inappropriate. The age difference is too great. There's some reason why I recognize that I'd probably not be able to stay, and it's something you want because you want to have kids and you're 35, and blah, blah, blah. You are your sister's keeper, so I also have to sometimes go, it's not right for you, and run the risk of hurting you. I give men that advice sometimes, and every one of them said that the woman eventually, after being really upset, eventually communicated to say, thank you for being honest. You really saved me a whole lot of pain Mm. trouble as the clock was ticking and stuff. Yeah. Are we conscious of each other and are we here to grow? And most of the time, no. I'm here to avoid being hurt. I'm just horny. I'm scared. We're not actually here to improve each other's lives. And that's love. That's what it is. But, you know, my ego doesn't always get what it wants. Mm. That's okay. Mm.
0: That's hard.
2: Growing up's a bitch. You're just (sighs) in the process, you know, trying to become a person. When I feel... Addicty, I can say that. Yeah, I, true. I want, and when I'm not, it feels so great. My sponsor used to say, "I have an ongoing obsession with I mean, mine more now."
0: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty much
2: nails it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One, someone said to me.
1: So I watched a rehab show where. <laughs> I think it was Dr. Drew. He goes, what what triggers you to drink? And she goes, people, places, and things. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh my God, is my that's favorite. Great. That is great. Sobriety, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. For me, I've always, I mean, I've talked about it with Dax for years and years and years. It's very easy for me to wrap my sobriety in a diet rather than, you know, quitting drinking for three months because I want to be healthy is very attainable for me. But quitting drinking for three months because I think I... I have an h- unhealthy relationship Dependent. with mm-hmm. alcohol is very difficult for me and it stems into the sex. I think I have a poo-poo platter of a little bit of everything as far as sex and approval. And, and none of them have ever gotten really me in trouble, you know, but it was, it, that's another, you're fortunate.
2: Sp- yes. You're also physically big, which helps.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But also with the, the your dad, all that stuff, I think, you know, that would have been a moment if you were in an unhealthy place. Yes, that you would have turned for sure mm-hmm. to any of those things to give you a, just a spike of yeah. good feelings right. amidst a, like some bad feelings, but you didn't do that. Yeah.
2: And that might be a little that that hitting bottom thing that addicts talk about, right? You know, and you realize that this is just not working and right. it motivates you. And then right. it's just, how do you sustain that? Right. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that Dax would say the same thing that I'm I'm going to say, which is you're thinking about it all wrong. If you think three months, six months, one year, 40 years, in my case, it's been 34, it's been today. Right. And, and yeah. when the old timers would say, um, I'm just like you, you know, congratulations on your you know 90 days, I've got today too. I thought, what a bunch of crap. No, it didn't that. seem real but it's hundred percent real the demon is still there right. yeah. absolutely still there every single day yeah every every time I've had a surgery every St Patrick's day yeah you know it's there and so I just don't do it today and I'm you know at this day I'm pretty pretty damn sure about the immediate future yeah but you know who knows in five or ten years I'm not taking that for granted so I right. don't do it today
0: And that's helpful for relationships too. And these patterns we're in, patterns we're in of yeah, the the same thing's still there, and it's really not going to go away. The (laughs) thing that's stopping me, the thing that's making you want to go on ten dates, like these things are, we can force ourselves to break these patterns and do things to get outside the box, but. That's a fight that's going to be happening probably for the rest of my life. You're in the process
2: of becoming a person, and if you're a little a little phobic about certain things or a little anxious, you're going to have issues with anxiety and other things or depression or whatever your thing is. we all do. everybody yeah. does and it's it's stunning to realize that what is extremely rare is to not have. Uh, emotional and mental problems of different kinds.
3: Yeah, and
2: some of it is genetics. We didn't even touch on that. But the tendency to be obsessive, compulsive, mm-hmm. and anxious about it is almost always connected with the kind of behavior you're struggling against. Right. It doesn't. It's not. You know, completely causal. But when I was a kid, I had all these things of tearing the hair out of the back of my head yeah. and patterns and habits, and we didn't have a name for them in 1960. Yeah. That was just the way boys were. Yeah.
0: Monica and Jess Love Boys is supported by BetterHelp Online Counseling. So, life is tough. Yes. Life throws you some things. I just got thrown something recently. Big a, time. a medical condition. Mm-hmm. And it came out of nowhere, really threw me for a loop. And the first thing I thought was, I got to get into my therapist ASAP. Because everything's tied together. Your physical health, your mental health. It affects everything. We could all use help when we're feeling down but may not know exactly where to go for it, and BetterHelp is available for you. BetterHelp offers licensed counselors who specialize in issues including depression and anxiety, as well as complicated relationships, family relationships, sleeping, grief, stress, trauma, anger, the list goes on. You can connect privately with a counselor through text, chat, phone, and video calls. It's so easy. Very convenient. Because I know people get sort of hung up on like, I don't know how to do it. or I don't want to go through my
1: insurance. Exactly. I don't know who
0: to call. Lots of things to get hung up on. But this is a super direct line, easy yeah. way. You can get help on your own time, at your own pace, at an affordable rate. Monica and Jess Love Boys listeners will get 10% off their first month with the discount code MONICA. That's betterhelp.com slash MONICA. Why not get help? Betterhelp.com slash MONICA. We are supported by Roman. Jess, if you had to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you guess?
1: A week and a half to two weeks.
0: Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. And so if you're dealing with any condition, one being erectile dysfunction, you need treatment ASAP. You can't wait 29 days. So that's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with the doctor license in your state, all from the comfort of your home. You can do it on your schedule, grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment's right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or you want to adjust your treatment plan. This is amazing.
1: There should be less shame in all this. There
0: has to be less shame and more access to treatment. I think people just push it away and mute that button. And no, you have to address it. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to stop your sexual activity or your life. With Roman, there are no commitments. You can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Monica for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com Monica for a free online visit and free two-day shipping.
1: You know, when my dad died, he I now have all of his stuff, and I sent her a letter that I wrote to my dad because I moved to America, and my dad lived in Sweden still. So I would have to I would send letters to him, and I was eleven years old. And three times in this letter, I mentioned my weight. Mm-hmm. I go. I'm 110 pounds, Dad. I was eleven years old. I'm eating too much meat. I'm sorry. I yeah. I know. I it uh, was. Yeah, it's... My parents definitely had some issues with food. But to see that eleven-year-old kid okay. apologize for being one hundred and ten pounds was like it made me laugh, but it's
2: heartbreaking. It heartbreaking. Also, no, you it's know. heartbreaking because it's carried into the need for the validation that you're not fat and that you've got a ripped body and you're a yeah. perfect guy and all this crap. Which you're he still on.
0: carries. I mean, I, and mom, that's
2: not limited to gay men. I, most women wrestle with that definitely. stuff. Definitely. So. I mean, that breakup and and. Losing myself for maybe a year
1: and a half Mm -hmm. of crying for four or five hours a day. Why was it so devastating
2: for me, do you think? A lot of what we do, we do because of attachment. What happened to us with our parents at a young age, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're much more in touch with some of these anxieties and, and whatever. And you've got, you know, Monica's got hers pretty well. In, in Tupperware, where, <laughs> right. where she's not letting them out very much. So there's part of me that's just wants to bore yeah. in, you know. There are reasons for that that have to do with detachment. And you, when you when sometimes when you trace your childhood back, and I know you've had some therapy, you, you look for that and you say, why did that kid feel so bad? Why was it his father he apologized to? Why was his father so obsessed with weight? Something about him and his vanity or his... Perception, yeah. and you got sucked into trying to make him okay with who you are. Yeah. And that may go all the way back to four or five, which is what I yeah. was saying earlier that a lot of what we go through is almost like a post traumatic stress flashback. Yeah. And that's why we suddenly just feel like the ground is opening up yeah. mm-hmm. from anxiety or whatever. But when you're young, you're not far enough away to see that. Right. And you can't remember. Most of us don't remember very much until we're close to 30 about our early childhood. Yeah. At my age, I can remember now, you know, you know being on horseback, The de- you know, the, the desert, the heat on the back of my neck, it's all as vivid as if it just happened yesterday. Little things Well, like it's that.
0: so funny because the other day Jess came over and we were talking and I was like, oh, we're gonna, you know, have Harry on. And he was like, great. You know, I feel like, I don't know, I'm just a little nervous. Like I'm nervous that this relationship podcast is turning more into a about us podcast. And I was like, That's what relationships are. They're just about us and all of the shit that we and finding are the dealing com- with. And
2: finding the common thread. So yeah. even in our conversation or when you're, when you're trying to start a new relationship that's beginning friendship or and or. Yeah. And I don't think there's a major difference between a, a friendship that becomes sexual and a deep friendship. There shouldn't be.
0: Yeah, I like that. Right? There yeah. shouldn't
2: be. But to do that, I have to be willing to have these kinds of exchanges with those people before I sleep with them and get nuts. If anybody wants to do that on the first and dec- second day to flip back to to that question. That's pretty needy.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: I don't know if you can hear me. I don't know even if I'm going to say this the right way. But as we get to know each other over time, when there's that element, you release a little, I do, you do, I do. We build trust and then we go, shall we go to the next level? I mean, it sounds formal, but it's not. It's just slowing down. And, you know, I said that once to a woman who was just a total romance addict and she said, well, nobody'd ever get laid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well. and I said
2: considerably less, but yeah. <laughs> in your case, that might not be bad. If what do you want is where I would go. It's yeah. time to ask yourself, really, it would almost be my assignment. What do I actually want? You come off sometimes just like you're the wee guy, you know, that, that's funny and acerbic, and you've got but you're much, much gentler, much deeper, and you've been through some things lately that are deep, you're quite vulnerable. My sense is that you probably want something a whole lot deeper. It's it's just I don't quite know how to get it. But, Stop wasting your time on something someone who doesn't understand that right period hence the age parameters and hence the yes you know how old are you now 43 i would i would make the under 35 the, the breaking line. right
1: i'm open to anything and i think that is is kind of a perfect time in my life after my dad died that i am kind of a new little baby phoenix i don't have to be the old jess anymore Mm-hmm. I feel very fresh starty, February twenty twenty.
0: I do. I don't
2: know what that means yet. I like that. I don't overthink that. Yeah, one. that's good. It's good. Sometimes people, when they lose their parents, will say, uh, "I'm an orphan," mm-hmm. and I've, I had a very yeah. different relationship with mine. But, but I'm always a little stunned by that. And then I realize that it's because we carry way down deep these unfinished wounds. Yeah. All of us. And I don't go a day where I don't think about my parents. And my father's been dead since 1983 and my mother since 99. Wow. 20 years. And and you think about it. And the older you get, the more you do. And I realize, you know, if you still in those deep fantasies and thoughts and mythologies that we carry if you're still that little girl that can't quite get someone's attention or yeah. whatever if you're still that little boy who's like i'm sorry i eat too much or what, well no wonder we can't make our relationships work and if we can't find a way of sharing that like we are doing you know if you can't find a way of sharing that with somebody that you want to be intimate with how are we ever going to have a good marriage
0: or let
1: alone even find a partner what if you've done this work and these people that we are meeting
2: haven't some of them haven't and you'll find out if you don't jump on right. tinder and get in bed with them but <laughs> if you go if you're with somebody for three or four weeks and you haven't had sex and you begin to just watch their behavior right. this guy you're talking about where you said i don't want to have sex who pushed that um that would pretty much be strike three to me for pretty much anybody. Not respecting whatever place you were in for whatever reason is a pretty big red flag. Yeah, that's a and on a good. damn first date?
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: You know? So you're looking to evaluate me, not to be evaluated by exactly. someone else. And and I completely get people get horny, they get lonely, they have their own yeah. needs, they have their own childhood. None of that's judgment. Yeah. But if you're not able to hear me enough when I'm being vulnerable, I'm not going to see you again. If I have slept with you, that's Terrifies me, that's painful, that's abandonment fear that can make me cry for a year, but if I haven't slept with you, I can say I don't want to see you again. That's not how we approach it please don't that. reject me doesn't get you the yeah the closeness you're're you're looking for. you didn't feel you set a boundary that wasn't respected that yeah. still isn't okay, and I think it's important that you can say that yeah, I think it's important that we can all say that. yeah, what do you want, Monica? what do you want?
0: I want a partner. That challenges me, and that's, I. want That's what we need. That's what we need. But I want what I want to get out of my way is the wanting the thing I can't have. That is a pattern, and that is it's a pattern, and it's a defense mechanism. It's a way to occupy my brain.
2: Yes, and let myself off the hook because the risk is minimal.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's no real risk. It's Actually, like if you
2: take can- a bunch of partners off the table, Jess, it's the same game. Yeah, I'm doing the impossible. Going, see, it never works for me. Well, we exactly we've seen so in this all these episodes later, we're noticing way more.
0: Like we come across as opposites, but it's all the yeah, same. It's
2: all the same, and down deep, it's the same for all of us. We're terrified of exactly. abandonment, terrified of engulfment, Any too, kind of losing of... ourselves.
0: Yeah, I just uh, you know this pattern of of wanting things I can't have, and I mean again, as I said, in some way, in some areas of my life. Wanting something I couldn't have has led me to just a beautiful, profound place. It's worked out, which almost is to my detriment in some ways in these relationship categories, because I'm like, well, it did work out for me in this lane and my career lane or this or this. So it might work out for me here. Like I I almost have a crutch to stand on in some ways, which I need to.
2: Mm. Yeah. Good insight. Yeah.
0: I need to get rid of that because they're not the same. This relationship—it's not not the
2: same journey. It's not the same purpose. I remember uh, I was doing a group of with like 30 people up in the mountains. Like we did two straight days of therapy. But I remember this one woman who hadn't said very much. Finally, started crying and said, "I'm never falling in love with anyone's potential ever again." So I'm not sure, but I call it estrogen arrogance. If you think of us as a project, this guy's going to be great when I polish him.
0: Right.
2: Right. You may be setting yourself up over and over and over again.
0: Well, I don't think I actually, I don't think I have that. In fact, I think I have the opposite of that, which is another bad extreme where I, I want something perfect now. I don't want to fix a person. But I I'm want chasing the unavailable
2: me. and saying I want something perfect now.
0: Yes, yeah, why none of this is working
2: out. No, no, it's interesting because another thing this be- this brilliant woman therapist said to me a million years ago was, uh, you remember Groucho Marx, the comedian? Yeah. And you know, with the cigars and, the, you know, uh, he said once I would never join a club that would have me as a member.
0: Yeah. And oh. she
2: said, you have the Groucho, and I was just really upset with her. But I was going after narcissistic, unavailable people and then going, how come nothing ever works out?
0: Yeah, exactly. And
2: sometimes female commitment phobia is just chasing the unavailable or inappropriate guy and saying, you know, I, I, I just can't have a boyfriend. Yeah. Well, who are you choosing? Who's your picker choosing? Right. Why exactly. am I choosing? And if I'm literally deliberately choosing people I can't have, yeah, then that's the enemy.
0: Well, that's definitely for me a pattern for sure because I've had a few circumstances where I've had, you know, I've, I've entered into it like I normally do where there's just fantasy like a teacher or something. Mm-hmm which I've had multiple crushes on teachers. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. Okay.
0: And <laughs> uh, Now I got you. Yeah yeah, 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 It's now pretty I- cliche. I mean. Uh, no,
2: it's not cliche, but it's, it's not a, at all uncommon. Yeah. If you've had a, a father that might have, you know, felt in some way disconnected or, or that was not resolved, then or sometimes if you have one that's too close. I know. But that's pretty common. Powers an aphrodisiac for women, so therapists, yeah. lawyers, doctors, professors. Yeah. there is that feeling that comes out.
0: Yeah, I definitely do have that. And but there's been times where I've had crushes and fantasies, and mm-hmm. it's it's felt at a distance, like I like it yeah. always does. Sure. And then something will happen where, like, I'll I'll get to know them or something. And then then it becomes a little more real or they start flirting back or something. Mm -hmm. And then it immediately turns to, oh, no, you are no longer attractive to me. If you think I'm attractive, you're not what I thought you were. You can't be attractive if you think I'm attractive. It's super self-loathing and bad. But it is similar to that Mm -hmm. club member. Yeah,
2: it is similar to that. It also reminds me a little of maybe of it's not what you wanted. When someone responds that isn't in your fantasy, they're in a different movie.
0: Right. They're in their movie. Exactly. So you're the
2: hot little interesting thing that I've, you know, then all of a sudden you go, ugh.
0: Yeah, you're ruining my movie. You're
2: ruining my movie.
0: Yeah, my
2: movie is this authority figure just thinks I'm great. So maybe I want mentoring. I want, uh, you know, a, a surrogate dad. I want to. I want to heal something that's left over from God knows what. But whatever it is, it's powerful. And when I p- drag you into my movie, it's kind of gross. Yeah. It doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, it disrupts so it's not necessar- the fantasy. But
2: it's not necessarily bad that you don't want that, that you right. shut that down. Right. The mistake might be letting your picker go for the person that's the unavailable and inappropriate, which is, I think, really what it is. Yeah. That's a, that's in a sense, cause as smart as you are, that's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Their f- then it's their fault.
0: Yeah, it's their fault. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely their fault. Okay, well, well, Harry, moving forward now, what do you... Thanks. No, I'm totally
2: Archie. hooked now. let's just do another. Album. <laughs> I think I got a number now. Um, textbook. <laughs> no, no, you're in a really good place. It's like I feel like, yeah, there's some pieces of of uh, that are kind of clicked together for you. I m- my thinking is that you've had those moments, those intermittent moments of, of recognizing that higher self, that yeah. bodhisattva that part of you that's got a handle on wisdom. And that's what you should be doing. You should be back to meditating twice a day. You should be writing poetry, doing anything on both of you, really, that takes you into you instead of looking to the outside for any kind of answer. Thank you. You know, My sponsor used to say the first time you feel serenity, you're going to think you're bored. Mm-hmm. And my God, he was actually sort of right. The, as the drama kind of tapered off, I started to think, what am I going to do with myself today? Yeah. And then you kind of get to a place where you go, I'm going to write that play. But then I usually watch Real World Road Rules <laughs> Challenge. I'm watching the challenge. That's the next step, though. What do you know? I Maybe I had an idea I wanted to be loved by being an actor, but what if what I want to do is something different from that? That's, that's a huge one for me. That rooted more, was rooted more in what you touched with yeah, your father. Yeah. What if I want to find some way of being more real, more present? And that's what that is about. I don't know what that means professionally yet, but that's not important. It's figuring out right now what feels like, yes, I'm in that that pocket i know this is right i can feel it this is the place i want to come from we can't avoid pain i mean we're all in different movies so we screw up and marriages can hurt and relationships can hurt of course but we can minimize that by just being a lot more centered in ourselves what's our challenges okay
0: yeah give us some challenges well
2: that actually was one in a sense which is it's it's that idea of going in there and staying in there and seeing where that takes you You've touched on it already. That's Mm -hmm. what I meant about being in a good box. You kind of know that there's something you could write and you've been avoiding that. Mm -hmm. And you kind of know that there's a way of listening to yourself that you haven't been doing. But sometimes after trauma, after hitting bottom, you sort of sober up and start working a program and then you go back to to acting out kind of thing. Well,
1: I act out when I'm having fun. Like when good things happen to me or when I'm happy,
2: I want to go one step further. My sponsor said the only thing more dangerous to an alcoholic than failure is success. Yes. Mm. And I definitely am that guy. Success is so crippling for it's people so, yeah. Wow. It's difficult. So um, It's really easy to envy from a distance, well, but it's I phenomenal love your... pressure. There's something you have wanted to do, thought about doing. You might have touched on it when you've talked to this, about this woman, but there's something you've thought about doing and you keep postponing, avoiding not doing. There's something right in front of you. And I don't know what it is because we haven't had enough time right. to find it. But it, sometimes it's as simple as start playing guitar. Sometimes it's just, learning a language. But there's something on that bucket list that just internal, would, because you want it, that's something you want. Not about how you look. Not right. about whether someone's approving of you. There's something right there. And you yeah. probably just keep pushing it away and pushing mm-hmm. it away.
0: So I mean, by next week?
2: Meditate twice a day, even if it's 420 minutes or something, wow. half an hour. And journal. And the journal can just be morning pages. All you're doing is just writing general thoughts. But what you're listening for is that little voice you articulated that's almost quiet, almost a whisper, that was satisfied, that said it was the right direction. You want to hone in on that. Sometimes you're actually touching pieces of your own childhood or yourself. Sometimes you're getting in touch with that 11-year-old boy, except you're telling him he's finding the way in. Do
1: you meditate for whatever amount, 20, 30 minutes, and and then, then write? And
2: then just write. Okay. Because the goal is not to judge or, you know, make it commercial or the goal is to see what comes out when you kind of quiet your mind for a while and then just write something down, and see what it says. I and just want to point you in because something important happening. I like
0: that. And then maybe when we resume that you can tell us if and when you were able to tap into mm-hmm. that little voice. Mm -hmm. And what it said.
1: Right. My only fear is to feel like when I'm writing it because I have this x this thing. It's going to be. I want it to be good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: The the goal is to make a quiet space and then see whatever comes out. And it doesn't really matter. The goal is to get the monkey mind, that chattering monkey in our heads, out of the way, so that you're just emotionally present. You do it when you're talking sometimes, and you do it when you're close to your emotions. You know, and that I'm really interested in how that might link to why you cried for so long. It oh, does. Yeah, I don't know exactly how, but I guarantee you that not going there links to what, what a lot of that grief was about. Mm-hmm. I think those two things connect, and that's as much as I want to give away. Oh,
0: I like oh. it. <laughs> um, okay, my challenge
2: you're tougher.
0: <laughs>
2: Do You stay hidden more than, than just us.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Very. I'm inclined to think this stuff we were talking about, about pursuing the unavailable and yeah. how you, the place that you got where you kind of see that it's an excuse of sorts, mm-hmm. you know, what do you actually want? You said, I want a partner um, who would challenge me. Yeah. And you don't pursue people who will become partners and challenge you. Because I get the other piece, this same wonderful woman therapist said that I was talking about everybody in the 70s sleeping around and saying we should be casual. And I'm like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just does not. And I thought she was going to tell me why I had all my sex hang ups. I'm sitting on my L.A. Rams shirt. And she said, I know, Harry, it's like using someone else's body to masturbate, isn't it? I completely understand why that has no appeal.
3: Yeah. yeah. But
2: why do, I, why do I want something? And then why have I designed a defense? Very intellectual, very smart defense, but it's a defense. Mm-hmm. The fantasy safer, I control the pen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you
2: ever write the fantasies down? Have you ever made a list of men you fantasized about and look for common threats? No. That's your assignment. Oh, boy. And a little bit of the same idea, like sitting quietly and then writing.
3: Yeah. If
2: you want to meditate, great. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's been proven to change the brain over two or three years. It really works. But the point is to create a space where you get the thinking, the stuckness and the patterns out of the way. And you just write down, like you said, in passing, you know, professors. That's not uncommon. But what is it I'm seeking? Because that's the little girl. Yeah. What is she seeking? Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't know the answer to this, but I suspect one of the reasons you keep repeating it is you're not listening to her.
0: Or am I listening to her too much?
2: I don't know. Yeah. But my my gut feeling is like the similar feeling. My gut feeling is that if you, if you hang in there, you might start to see that when you pay attention to that part of yourself, that deep, vulnerable part of yourself, and you're taking care of him or her, you're a lot more likely to choose someone else who would be kind. My question for you, for her,
1: is... Technically, where is she going to meet these people? She works 70 hours a week and she thinks that these people aren't around kind of thing. So,
0: And I work uh, with my best friends who I then just, yeah, we're all in a big blender together. And you know, I don't have to go searching for fulfillment.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't want to, I mean, it's a trite word to say workaholic, but it's it. I've definitely done that. And it gives you these long stretches of time where you almost don't know you have needs or that you're in pain. Mm-hmm. It does. And when I was in my 20s, I went through a year and a half, I think, working really hard for a publishing company. And a friend of mine gave me a necklace that was like this cheesy gold necklace. It was pretty too large. <laughs> it just said available oh, wow. and said, I just want you to wear that, you know, when you go out to industry things or something. And of course, I could not and would not yeah. do it. But I, I think it sort of made me realize I was walking around saying there are no pretty women in Los Angeles and there's a drunken Just, fool. Right. Yeah. But I, honest to God, didn't see anyone.
3: Exactly. I was me. shut
2: down. You, I think you asked earlier about sexually anorexic. I think I was. Mm-hmm. And I was shut down that it, would, that it was there so that I didn't even have to battle with it. Yes. And if you're working 70 hours a week, you very well might be doing that.
0: Well, and, and what was so interesting about this week slash month's challenge <laughs> is once it got down to the wire and I, I felt like, okay, here we are. I, I absolutely have to find somebody. There was a switch that got flipped that I think so many people are able to do all the time. This is how they operate through life, which is okay. Where are they? Yeah. <clears throat> Something that was off was just immediately active.
2: That's a great catch. Yeah.
0: Yes. In in just okay, who's it gonna be? Who's cute? Who <laughs> who I, do I have energy with? Who? And I'm never thinking those I, things. I never
2: thought that way back then at all.
0: I'm almost actively not thinking those things.
2: I think it's it takes that was a part of the the idea for the challenge. I think it takes effort yes. to suppress. Yeah, sexuality, the need to belong, the wanting to open up. I think we actually do want those things all the time. And so most of our psychological constipation is about suppressing it.
1: I work six-hour shifts at my restaurant, and all six hours, me and the girls are constantly walking by each other and telling everyone what table and what position (laughs) guy is hot. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> and I would. I love him. I never. I did. love 15P3. <laughs> I love. I f- I love 54P5. It's funny, but it is that thing. Like I'm never not looking. You're always yes.
0: looking, and in that way, it's a game. So it's like it's a fun thing you do yeah. at work. So everyone has that button pressed of eyes open, not tentacles. Well, in in the game, in the yeah. game version, right. or yeah. in the challenge version, the tentacles are out. Of like, okay. Yes. 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 okay the feelers are
1: out but don't you like those tentacles a little
0: well it it was so foreign i i just it felt so new and i did like it i was like oh this is what people do they go to a bar and they are looking yes and i'm not uh-uh. and it feels different
2: uh, it's not bad that you look at it that way it's right. maybe it's just who you are right. but you can't let yourself hide from everybody or yourself yeah, and I I think if you listen to that piece of you, maybe you'll get a little clear about what you want. Yeah, get those tentacles out. Tentacles. <laughs> I love how smart you are. and I'm going to have to listen to all your podcasts. Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> we want to see how this ends. I know. Yeah, no, I got it. I want to know. I yeah. know. You guys, are, somebody's going to have to let me know. We will. We'll keep you
0: updated. Um. All right. Well, Harry, thank you so thank much you. for coming. This thank was fantastic asking. and helpful and. And as just said, the relationships are just tied to us, to our own issues and our own everything.
2: So- and I'm a great believer in monogamy. And I've had yeah. lots of arguments with my clients about it. Yeah. And I'm a believer in marriage. And I'm a, But I'm a really a believer in the fact that a big part of being together is to be challenged, taught yeah. something. When I divorced the first time, I, I wasn't sure I would remarry because it's so painful to divorce. And then I saw that my friends that were out partying or, or, or just avoiding commitments and so on seemed to be stuck. They yeah. had their feet in cement. They mm-hmm. never grew emotionally. And I thought... I I don't want that. I'd rather just try to choose more wisely, which I fortunately did, so that I keep learning something. And hopefully I'm I'm beneficial to my wife and she learned something, too. Thank you so much.
3: (laughs) Thank you. you. Thank you for
2: asking me.